You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Sports Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, welcome into the show, and by the way, welcome to Birmingham, Alabama, the entertainment capital of the world. I don't know if you watched the Oscars last night, but Birmingham natives Daniel Scheinert and Paul Rogers, God, taking home the Oscars, which is just so cool for our city. But then, earlier in the day, Birmingham, Alabama won the lottery in the best pairings I've ever seen in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Alabama's here, won 1A. Houston is here, 1B. Then they put Auburn here. The only thing that would have made it better is if we could have gotten the Blazers through on Saturday. They could have put UAB here, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was, but, of course, they're in the NIT. But yeah. speaking of UAB, uh, let's, talk, let's take a minute and talk some football. Trent Dilfer, the uh, brand-new, I guess not brand-new to him. He's been here for a couple of months, a couple of three, four months. But, uh, anyway, Trent Dilfer is joining us right here on Big Noon Sports. Trent, my name's Matt Coulter. I actually used to do UAB football broadcast. Lars Anderson is a... Uh, a storied Sports Illustrated writer and New York Times best-selling author, and uh, our other partner is Christian Miller, who only has two national championship rings as a linebacker at the University of Alabama. So, Trent, welcome to Birmingham. How you like us so far? Oh, I love it. Thanks for having me, guys. I love the city. Uh, I'm living downtown, um, getting fat because I eat at all the great restaurants downtown every night. Uh, enjoying the people. The people have been fantastic, and and love kind of the love our staff and the boys we're coaching and what we got going on here. Coach, why why did you decide to take this job? What about UAB was appealing to you? I'll try to give the Reader's Digest version so I don't eat up the whole block. Um, I really wasn't looking to leave. I was very at peace with what I was doing, coaching high school football in Nashville. I felt like I was called to do that. Um, and tons of coaching opportunities in the NFL and college football for years and just never wanted to do it. Having three daughters in the house, I was really chasing them around as they pursued their volleyball careers. And my wife and I were sitting down talking. I had, had three schools reach out to my um, lawyer in October, uh, end of October, early November. And my wife and I were sitting down one night as I was game planning and just kind of talking about it. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. We don't need to go do another thing. This community's great. And we're happy with what they're doing. She looked at me and she says, no, I'm pushing back on that. She goes, you were made for more than this. Like you've done what you set out to do. Um, you've developed a lot of neat people here in, in the high school space. And now let's go see if this model works uh, in the college space. And that kind of got me open to listening. And, um, and shortly after that, I uh, was introduced to Mark Ingram. We established a little bit of relationship and, um, quickly said no to these other programs that were pursuing me and um, kind of focused in on UAB. I thought it had three things that if I ever do the college thing, it wanted. It had a president that cared about excellence. Um, you know, everything here at UAB is about excellence, and, and you need that. You need an AD that football understands the, the impact of football. I don't think football is more important than anything else, but I think it's a fact. It's probably more impactful than anything else in the, in the athletic department. And, and Mark's a football guy, and 
And they needed a donor base that had proven itself. You know, so many donor bases talk a big game, but they haven't really proven themselves. The donor base here at UAB has proven itself with building this incredible stadium, the facilities we're at here in the UAB Football Operations Center. And, uh, and then the other thing, too, that I didn't realize at the time is what an incredible foundation Bill had built. You know, it wasn't until I got here and got around the players and got around Lyle Henley and um, Dan Springer and all the people in this building already that we kept and um, what an incredible foundation Bill had built and that BB had kind of sustained last year while he was here. So uh, there's a lot of good things that I walked into when I got here. Coach, as a former player, how has that kind of helped you transition um, you know, to being a coach and, and to get to where you're at now, you know, being um, a, a new, a newly hired college coach? Well, I, there's so many things. You're juggling so many plates, right? Now, I will say this, that, you know, what I was doing, I was juggling a lot of plates already. I built a program, and, and yeah, you're dealing with more people here. You're dealing with it at a higher level, but it's still the same stuff. It's how you treat people the vibe you're creating in the building, you're creating atmospheres where your people can reach their potential. Um, you're putting in systems to help people reach their potential. And it really hasn't been that much different. I, I think where I've been really pleasantly surprised is the quality of kid and the quality of athlete that we had in the building already and the quality of coach, the ones we kept. So um, it's really made the transition easier because you don't feel like you have an empty cupboard. You know, I walked into something where I feel like the cupboard's pretty full. It's, you know, it's not a remodel. I mean, it's not a rebuild by any stretch of the imagination. It's more of a remodel. Um, and we're actively remodeling every day, trying to just get to the standards for what we believe in as a staff. And uh, it's come along a lot quicker than I thought it would. Coach, not only did you take over a Division One, I'm sorry, I'm old. I still call it that, uh, football <laughs> program. But you were also thrust into NIL, transfer portal, and all that is college football today that wasn't just a couple of years ago. Has that been difficult to kind of get a handle on? Well, it just adds to the complexity of it. Um, I wouldn't say it's difficult. Like, it's a reality when you have to embrace, whether you agree with it or not. Like, I think that's the hard thing with NIL and portal is that there's so many people that just disagree with it, and that's fine. I think many that disagree with it are probably correct. Um, but why cry over spilt milk? I mean, it's, it's, it's a reality and you have to embrace it. You have to understand it and you have to use it to the benefit of your players and your program. So, um, you know, the port, it, the combination of the portal and NIL, it's very much like free agency. Well, I was a free agent five times. You know, I played in the NFL for 14 years. I had two different agents, two of the best agents in all football. I have a pretty good grasp of what free agency looks like. Um, and that's basically what we're dealing with in college football. So I feel like I have an inside, uh, I feel like I have inside information <laughs> on how this works and some experience with how it works. And, you know, I, I think a lot of it still comes down to relationships. It still comes down to connecting with your people. It comes down to hopefully doing what's in the best interest of your player. And, and there's going to be situations. I hope they're not as many as, people say they are, but there's going to be situations where it may be better for one of your players to go somewhere else. And you got to be open to that as well. Uh, the same way there's going to be players that come to you from other programs that the, their situation at UAB is better than the one they were in. So, uh, you know, I want to keep this thing player centric. I want to do what's best for the player. Um, hopefully we create an environment here that is best for them. But if, if there's an environment that's better for them somewhere else, um, then we got to be willing to help them pursue that. Um, 
you know, the really has bothered me about college sports, professional sports for a long time is become too coach centric instead of player centric. And uh, we're trying to reverse that here and make it all about the player. Coach, you mentioned that you're bringing the model that you used at Lipscomb, uh, where you won back-to-back state championships, and, and, and trying to bring it to UAB and, 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 and test it here. What, can you uh, tell our listeners what some of the, the, the tenets of that model are? That's a great question. I think the tenet is it's a human development program, Masters of Football Team. Uh, that's the easiest way to say it. Is I'm a big believer, and hey, many aren't. So there's going to be people that absolutely disagree with this, and I respect their opinion. But in my experience, the greatest football, football played at the highest level, surgical-type football in all three phases, is an overflow of off-the-field habits they create. Um, if you're truly developing the whole player, the whole person, um, creating standards and habits within them that are, um, let's call them professional, the highest level, there's going to be an overflow of that that happens in between the lines. It's going to be a, a level of football that many can't comprehend. Um, that's what I have seen in my football life, and that's what I am trying to do here is um, develop the whole person, <clears throat> care about their academics, care about their social life, care if they're serving in our community, care about their families. How are, how are they as brothers and sisters and sons, some as husbands, some as fathers? We have nine fathers on this team helping them develop as fathers. And the more we do that, as well as giving them great answers to the test from a football standpoint, we believe the overflow of that's going to be a high level of football, a level of football that hasn't been seen before here. So that's maybe that that's the key tenant of the philosophy. Now there's a lot of tentacles that go into that. There's a lot of processes that go into that. But at the end of the day, that'd be the Reader's Digest version of, of the core tenets of my philosophy. Coach, uh, like they had mentioned earlier, I played at Alabama, and I actually uh, was around when Alex Mortensen was with the program at Alabama, and that's who you recently hired as your offensive coordinator. Could you talk about you know what you saw out of him when you were looking at him for the job and how he's transitioning? So I got to know Alex pretty well through his dad, Chris, um, obviously who I worked with at ESPN, uh, and then it followed out his playing career, uh, his coaching career closely. I've gotten to befriend him over the years. Um, and then in the last couple of years, really starting to uh, evaluate what Alabama's done offensively and kind of his him being the glue behind a lot of that as these new coordinators come in that Nick hires. You know, Alex has kind of been the guy in the building that helps transition staff to staff. So his, his wealth of football um, knowledge is, is exceptional. I'd say best in class. Uh, he's been around the best people in college football. I mean, I, I'm the biggest Nick Saban fan there is. Um, out there, uh, I believe the way Nick runs the program is, is better than anybody else. So he's been around that. He's been around the standards. Uh, he's had to teach a bunch of different types of quarterbacks, which I think is really important. Uh, they're not all cookie-cutter quarterbacks. Um, their systems have evolved um, over time. Uh, I like guys that are constantly learning. Uh, and then you talk to the players that he coached, and that, that was kind of the greatest endorsement was when you had – uh, players that are in NFL right now cold calling me saying, hey, he's the best coach I ever played for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's proven all that in a short time here. He's been here for three months. Uh, he's been a great recruiter to start with. Uh, he's been a great coordinator. Like His ability to run a room, uh, to install a system, to coach other coaches, to keep the work environment one where everybody can flourish. He's collaborative. Uh, me and him have worked really well together. 
Um, and he, you know, he's edgy. You know, that's the good thing too. He's edgy and, and what he believes in offensively, which I, I am as well. You know, we're very uh, simpatico on how we look at offense. Uh, and he's edgy out on the field in a good way. It starts with encouragement, but I mean, it's, it's attention to detail. Um, there's a premium put on energy and effort and, um, just your buy-in out there. Uh, our players love him. Our players are responding to him. And, uh, another thing too, he's great in the hiring process. You know, me and him together hired much of the offensive staff. So, uh, he was a great evaluator of other coaches. So. I love Alex Morrison. I don't think I'm going to have him very long, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure glad I have him right now. What's up? Trent, you're so conversational. I feel like we could just go for another hour, but we're all limited on time here. We appreciate yours and uh, would really like to pick this up again in, in a couple of weeks, if you don't mind. Thank you for your time, Coach. Thank you, Yeah, Coach. I'd love to come back on. I appreciate you guys. See ya. Thanks, Coach. You bet. Um, kind of as anticipated. Smart. What a nice smart, guy. Smart. Smart. He dropped one of your words in there. Some. <laughs> hey, did you get the uh, license plate of that crimson truck that just plowed through the Music City? We'll talk with uh, color uh, analysts for the Alabama Basketball Network. Uh, Brian Passings up next. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. You know what happens in a plasma chamber? Big stuff. Science stuff. Diamonds. I'm Tom Osmond. Fincher and Osmond Jewelers carries... Clear with the low at 32. For tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow at 56. The high Wednesday at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 55 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt, Christian, Lars, joined now by Crimson Tide Sports Network color analyst for basketball, former player, Brian Passing. Brian, I got 75 questions, but I'm going to start with just one. Was there a point in this turn? First of all, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Okay. Great to be here. Thank uh, you for having me. I want, to jump, <laughs> I want to jump right in here. Was there a point in the tournament – when Alabama was on the floor, that you just went, oh, my, there's a locomotive on the track. Um, yes, yes. And I and don't know how many times I had those thoughts because it was a lot. And coming into Nashville, I thought it was important for Alabama to play well. And, I'm, you know, that seems obvious, but for a team that had won the regular season, they did not – play their best basketball the last couple of weeks of the season. And I thought to obviously win games, but to play well and to beat Mississippi State, a good team, an NCAA tournament team, the way they did was impressive and felt like this team was needed it and starting to get their swagger back a little bit. And they did so over the course of the weekend, beat a, a good Missouri team uh, and obviously the second best team in the SEC, a very hard-playing, tough, talented Texas A&M group that I think is going to do some damage in the NCAA tournament. So 
Uh, for Alabama to, to come out and win it uh, is great. To play the way they did may be even better in terms of making a run in the NCAA tournament. What did you think about the play of Brandon Miller? Um, I, I forget how many shots in a row he missed uh, yesterday in the uh, in, in the conference final, but he was still the most dominant player on the court, even though he's missing shot after shot. It's like I'd never seen anything like it before. Well, coaches tell players all the time at every level, if shots aren't falling, impact the game in other ways. And he does that every time he's on the floor. If you told me he was going to miss every shot that he takes for an entire game, uh, he's still extremely valuable on the floor because of all the plays he makes on both ends. He's the best player in college basketball. I don't think it's close. It's because of what he does on both ends. Uh, His offensive numbers speak for themselves. uh, But when you watch him and see what he does, on the defensive end, rebounding the ball, just the little things that impact winning. Uh, he is a great player, um, and, and that doesn't do it justice. Uh, he, he was terrific. Uh, he is a great player. He is a great person. Uh, his family, is so, they're, they're great. I, I've gotten to, to be around his parents, and you understand why Brandon is such a, a nice, kind, good young man uh, and was happy for him that he was able – to do what he did in his hometown. He's from Antioch, which is essentially a suburb of Nashville. It's, I, I pulled it up on my Google Maps during the game. Uh, it's 12 miles from his hometown, uh, the Bridgestone Arena. So uh, and, and it was you, you had the entire town of Antioch. You had what felt like the entire city of Tuscaloosa and Alabama fans uh, in the building. I mean, it was a home game. We asked for uh, Bridgestone Arena Arena to become Coleman Coliseum North on Championship Sunday, and that's exactly what we got. It was an incredible day for this Alabama basketball program. Brian, talk a little bit about the resiliency of a guy like Javon Quinterly who really struggled against Missouri, and then for him to come back against Texas A&M and uh, score 22 points and be uh, such a heavy contributor in that game. Talk about his uh, resiliency and, and ability to bounce back after struggling. He's Mr. March. That's what we were calling him on the broadcast. He he does it this time of year. Uh, two years ago, he's SEC tournament MVP. Uh, last year, he goes down with the ACL tear early in the Notre Dame game. And for him to be back where he is is just unbelievable. I, I can't believe – the fact that he's out there contributing is – incredible in itself but for him to be uh all you know all sec tournament um playing the way he did in a championship game there's just something that that clicks with jq and march which that in itself is special but considering his story i mean where he came from from you know, from Arizona to Villanova, it had to set out a year, which was ridiculous that, that he wasn't given eligibility uh, in his first year. The frustration that came with that for him to come back after sitting out for essentially two years, have the year he did two years ago, uh, be a, such a big part of Alabama's SEC regular season and tournament championship uh, two years ago. 
tears ACL last year, come back, have the ups and downs that, that come along with having a major knee injury for a guy that depends on quickness and explosiveness, be playing the way he has late in the season into the SEC tournament is just amazing, and it's not an accident. Uh, it's the work, the attitude, the resiliency of Javon Quinterly. And as an Alabama fan, I love to see it because he helps us win. Uh, but as a personal fan of JQ, who I've gotten to know over the years, just a great young man uh, who is <laughs> has worked so hard and, and deserves all the success and accolades he's getting. Our guest is Brian Passink, uh, Alabama color analyst for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. First of all, uh, Lars needs two. Josh needs six. <laughs> I need nine. Good grief. Uh, same, we all on the same. surface know I'm how. Looking, I'm, I got my, I, I'm looking. Any listeners, I'll give my cell phone. Yeah. Text me. You got extras. I need them, too. <laughs> the call is out. Other than <laughs> what we just see on the surface as, as fans and reporters and media guys, how important it is to be able to play at home. As a former player and a guy that's been doing the broadcast for years, what else is there about being able to play in Birmingham that will really work to Alabama's advantage? Well, yeah, I, th- I think just, just having the support, um, having a building uh, that's full of crimson and white, um, it just doesn't hurt. Does it win you the game, though? No, it doesn't. I mean – if, if home court advantage won your games, uh, Alabama would have struggled on the road this year. But does it help? Absolutely. If Alabama's down 17 like they were a week and a half ago to Auburn, and that game isn't in Coleman Coliseum, I'm, I'm not sure they come back and win. Uh, the Alabama fans have been incredible. Uh, you guys know, having gone to SEC tournaments, what Nashville's like for the SEC tournament. I mean, when Kentucky's playing, they take over the town. Well, Alabama took over the town, and it felt like a home game in the championship game on a neutral site in another state uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. It was a beautiful thing to see, and and I think we're going to see something very similar in Birmingham this week. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun, but um, – you know, Alabama needs to play well, needs to rest. Three games in three days is not easy. Uh, getting their legs back under them, I thought, was an important part and a reason why Alabama played well in Nashville. Uh, the season is a grind, uh, but getting off their feet and getting mentally and physically rested before the SEC tournament uh, really helped this team, and, and hopefully I think they're taking the day off. Hopefully they'll be able to get a little bit of rest uh, but with the Thursday-Saturday set up uh, for the the Birmingham pod, that, that makes it a little more difficult. But uh, I think the momentum that you gain and the confidence and the swagger that you get from winning an SEC tournament championship hopefully uh, will um, will be enough to get them over the hump and w- hopefully win a couple of games and get to Louisville. Brian, how do you think the, uh, the players and Coach Oates, Oates did – in dealing with uh, the national reporters asking about what transpired uh, when in, in, with the shooting and the young woman losing her life? Uh, much better than I would have. Um, you know, some of the questions, and just 
you know, talking specifically about I agree. that. Some, no, so, some, uh, some of the questions were just awful, uh, we'll, and we'll get into that later. But some of the questions were so yeah. inappropriate, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, like like in any walk of life, um, you know, the media is no different than any other profession. You've got good ones, you've got good people, and then you've got some that um, I'm not huge fans of. So we'll leave it at that. I thought they handled it great. I think the fact that they won the regular season tournament title and and never lost focus of what they're doing on the court just shows to me the culture around this program. Um, and they and they talk a lot about their love for each other. Uh, and and without that, I think all of that stuff impacts them from a basketball standpoint in a negative way. It obviously has not. And when guys have each other, each other's back, there's that love within the program. Um, this is the result. I'm around these guys, these players and coaches. I've been doing this 20 years um, on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. This is the best group of guys I've ever been around. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to apologize for being an Alabama basketball fan. Do I have crimson colored glasses? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, but I've also been a big fan of a lot of teams and a lot of players and a lot of guys off the court this is the best group i've ever been around and it you know the situation you know take that it, it that 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 is that is heartbreaking uh and everybody feels that way but as a from a basketball standpoint and just personally having known these guys maybe more so than than you know some people um that you know general fans I can tell you this is a great group of high-character guys, and I love being around them. Thanks, Brian. We'll see you Thursday. Looking forward to it, guys. Appreciate y'all having me. You bet. Thank you, Brian. We are just uh, putting them in the chamber and firing off over and over. That's probably a horrible uh, comparison given the state of things today. So I'll just tell you, more football. Skip Holtz, USFL, Birmingham Stallions next. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can... 100.9 app. Wow, what a beautiful day. It's a little chilly, but, geez, just catching our breath. We have just absolutely bolted out of the gate. Trent Dilfer joined us. Then we talk Alabama basketball with Brian Passink. And now let's talk a little bit of the USFL. Birmingham Stallions, Skip Holtz, Coach Skip Holtz of the champion Birmingham Stallions is with us. Skip, I got my gang here, Matt, Lars, Christian Miller, two-time linebacker and uh, national champion Ship Edge Rusher from the University of Alabama. Uh, oh. Are you here? You back in town? You got everything going? What's going on with Skip? You know what? We're I'm driving into town today, so I am on the road right now, coming in and getting more and more excited the closer I get to Birmingham. So really, 
really ready to get started. Uh, it has been a busy off season with a lot of free agent moves and doing some things to try and get the roster set. And uh, the league has expanded where we're going to bring uh, more players to camp this year than we did a year ago. And so the rosters are bigger. We had some free agent moves. We got about 80% of our team back from last year, but uh, I really like some of the faces and names that we've added. I'm really looking forward to getting camp and getting on the grass and putting the ball in the air and seeing how this thing's going to form. Yeah, Coach, I wanted to ask you just about the roster construction and what's different this year. Um, Was there a camp or anything that players could come to and work out in front of you uh, or all the coaches and uh, and then you determine if you want to sign them as a free agent or have you just kind of been uh, working with your staff trying to target guys that you want to bring in? How how does that work? Well, we've... We have not had a combine, so to a workout. Uh, we've done everything off film. And I know when this thing started, a lot of people started talking about spring football was going to be the opportunity maybe for a, a rookie or somebody coming out of college that needed a couple of years to develop. But I'll tell you what has really started to happen is there's so many guys, when you look at the NFL, that once they get to that third or fourth year and they're going to become free agents, uh, a lot of the teams would rather go sign a rookie and uh, go through the league minimum for, for four years with them rather than play, pay free agent money. So a lot of these guys are trying to rebirth themselves uh, just to create a new image, hopefully come to the league, have a breakout season, and get themselves in front of some of these guys. So most of these workouts, we have film, and many of these guys have played in the NFL for two, three, or even four years. Uh, that maybe just got released and they're looking to have an opportunity to re-identify themselves. So uh, we have not had an in-person workout, but we've got NFL film on a lot of these guys, and that's what's made it so rewarding. And I, I think, obviously, when I look at the talent in this league, I think it just keeps getting better. I, I thought last year, for the first year, I thought the way it was put together and the things that Fox did was outstanding and gave everybody an opportunity to create parity and put talent on the roster but with the way the free agency has worked um, my player personnel director Zach Potter has been working hard at it and even though I said you know you're not even though you're in pro ball there's no more recruiting well free agency is all about recruiting and so that's what we've been really busy with in the offseason and it's really paid dividends that's why I said I'm really excited about a lot of the names that are coming in here we like I said we have we lost about uh, four or five players to the NFL, about four or five players to the XFL. And so we've got about 80% of our roster back, but I really feel like we've strengthened our football team, and I'm excited to see how it's going to play out in these, in these 21 days of camp we're about to have. Coach, you just mentioned the XFL, but you sound really optimistic about the USFL. Do you do you think it has what it takes to stick around for a long time, and, and do you see a league like the XFL, you know, causing any you know threats to y'all and in, in, in the league that you have going on no i mean i really i look at let me start with the first part of that question do i think this league will make it i do uh i think i i do because of fox i think fox is being the first we're the first spring league that's gone past six games since the 80s when the usfl disbanded and so when you look at it i think they were committed to it uh they have put the resources into it they know what it's going to take to make it work brian wood who started it's been involved with a number of spring leagues and I think really put a great blueprint together and then Fox is committed to making it work. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons that's the strength and stability 
uh, of the league. And there were a lot of people that got into it last year and said, well, kind of like with one foot in, like, yeah, we'll see. You know, nobody else has been able to make it. We'll see why this is going to be different. But I think what's made it different is Fox's commitment and having a big entity like Fox uh, supporting it and behind it that believes in it and really committed to making it work. Uh, do I think that the XFL is a threat? Uh, I really don't. I think there's enough talent uh, for both leagues to survive. When you look at it, it's really 400 players per league at eight teams with a ballpark of about 50 players. Uh, I think both leagues can go coexist. I think it's just a matter if uh, if the XFL is going to be able to survive. It's kind of still yet to be seen. They've got great support and great backing and uh, kind of enjoyed watching some of it. But uh, I look at it like it's an opportunity for those young men to be able to put their stamp on it. Now, if you ask me which one's better, I'm a little biased. So I will also <laughs> tell you that we're in, late, we're in season two. Uh, and a year ahead of where they are right now. And I know the growing pains you go through year one, but uh, a lot of the things that were uh, maybe roadblocks or hurdles that we had to go through in year one have been identified. And I think the league and Boos Johnson have done a great job of identifying those things and saying, what do we got to do to make it better for year two and eliminate some of those pitfalls maybe that were hurdles or obstacles we had to overcome during the season. And I think they've done a really nice job of that. Kind of makes me more and more excited, but I, I think the USFL is here for here to stay. I really, I really believe that. Obviously, the public has spoke. When you look at our ratings from a year ago, people want to watch spring football. Now, football's popular right now, and the product on the field and the level of talent that's out there on the field, I think, is making it uh, even more enjoyable to people put on and watch. And then, then you got some of these new rules, which I think it makes it even more entertaining. And one of the things I don't know that all the coaches were on board with, but when you get mic'd up for every play call and every conversation you have with a player, uh, you gotta you gotta tiptoe through some of that, you know, because <laughs> you know you know you're on national television when you talk. <laughs> uh, it's great stuff. Uh, Skip Holtz from the uh, Birmingham Stallion Stallions is <clears throat> excuse me is our guest here on Big Noon Sports. Uh, Skip, in, in retrospect, just for a moment, can you look back on last season and uh, are there some things now? you remember and maybe perhaps enjoy uh, just looking back over your shoulder quickly? I can tell you that I think I, I enjoyed last year coaching as much as any year I've had in college. And I always said I'd never go, I'd never go to professional sports because I love the development side of the game in college. But I think this was the purest brand of football. It wasn't about egos. It wasn't about players with these huge contracts. It was players just, trying to get their foot in the door, and I keep using the expression, it's almost like you gave every one of these guys a football class and said you have to make an A. I mean, they were in tune. They were. I, I loved it. I loved the relationship with the players, and uh, it's one of the reasons that I'm coming back. One, we want to have an opportunity to defend, but I also, uh, it was one of my funnest years in coaching, and I, really, I loved it. And so I'm really looking forward to year two. Coach, uh, can you just discuss real quickly how the logistics are going to change for you now that uh, that Birmingham won't be hosting all of the games? And and are you going to apply any lessons you learned last year just in terms of, you know, having all the guys stay? Uh, I'm not even sure if they stay in the hotel or how you work that out. Right. But any any lessons just sort of off the field that you're going to that you learned last year apply to this year to make things as easy well, as possible for your guys? I, I... Yeah, there's definitely some things going through it. Going into year two, you know what to expect. 
Uh, I also think logistically it's going to be a lot easier than it was a year ago because you have two teams in Birmingham instead of eight. When you're trying to share dining facilities, meeting rooms, and practice facilities and weight rooms with eight teams, that gets complicated, and it makes it, it, makes it hard. It just doesn't run as smooth as you would want it to. Uh, I think with two teams, I think it's going to, the logistics are going to be a whole lot smoother, a lot easier. There will be a little bit more travel, but we still have the opportunity to play six games at home. Uh, and I know a lot of people want to say, well, you got to play every game at home last year. Well, I mean, we, we had to go play two on the road as well, you know, and we, we were able to win those. <laughs> we were able to win those. Uh, this year we get to play six in Birmingham in front of uh, our crowd, and hopefully we get to watch that excitement and enthusiasm build with the fan base. Uh, here in Alabama, um, but it, we'll we'll go to get the chance to play at Ford Field in Detroit. We'll play in Canton. Uh, we'll play a road game up there, and we're going to get an opportunity to play both Houston and Memphis uh, in Memphis this year. So uh, there'll be a little bit of logistics with travel, but I don't think it's going to be that big. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. But I think there was a lot of things having the opportunity to come back to Birmingham. There's a comfort level with all our players know exactly what to expect where you've got six teams that are in a new hub, a new hotel, new meeting rooms, new travel plans uh, with what they're trying to get done. I've got a vision of exactly what this year is going to look like because I know where the meeting rooms are already. I know where I know where everything is and how much time to allot to get from point A to point B for our team. So uh, I'm excited about being able to coach more ball and not have to spend as much time on logistics. I think it'll run smoother. Coach, you guys are coming off of uh, you know being the champions this past season. What do you have to do? And I know each team is different. Each season is a new season. But what do you guys have to do to give yourselves the best chance to go back-to-back? Well, I think seeing some of these new faces, we're going to have about 20 new names on the roster. And I think uh, gelling together as a team, one of the biggest challenges we had a year ago was you have to gel a football team together and you have three weeks where I was used to doing that over an eight-month period from January to August where now all of a sudden you're having to gel within three weeks to put a team together with some new faces. That will be one of the bigger challenges. I do think we're going to have more talent uh, than we had a year ago, um, but I think that will be probably one of the biggest challenges that we have. And, you know, the other challenge you have is, is repeating, right? I mean, how many teams have successfully done that? Uh, you look at what North Carolina did a year ago in basketball, and they don't even make the tournament this year. Sure. You know, so it's, it's not easy to repeat. I've got... Uh, I've got that. It's going to be my opening team meeting. You know, the number of teams that have repeated and, and some of the downfalls that they have and some of the problems we're going to have to overcome, uh, you know, because everybody thinks, well, just because we did it last year, well, we've got 80% back. We should do it again this year. And I think we've got to, we've got to get rid of that mindset right out of the chutes and understand that we're going to get what we earn. And we've got to go play with that chip on the shoulder because if anything, it's going to be harder this year than it was a year ago because you're wearing a great big target on your chest this year. And everybody you play, you're going to get their absolute best shot. So I think there's going to be some things that are going to be different from last year and some hurdles we're going to have to overcome. But uh, I'm excited about the challenge of having the opportunity to try and repeat. It's a whole lot better to try and repeat than try and win your first one. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) Yeah, but you got that one under your belt, and that's good news. It's also good news. I love the atmosphere. Lars and I go all the time. Take, he takes his kids. I take my grandchildren. It's just, it's a great atmosphere. It's, it's fun. It's and a, fun. And a my wonderful, kids love it. Wonderful brand it's of a, football. It's a great family atmosphere with what they've done, and I really compliment Fox for not trying to price it out of the ballpark, but making it family friendly and looking at the little kids and 
you know, our players passing out gloves and things like that after the game. And just, I think it's a family-friendly atmosphere. And for me, I can tell you as a coach, it was part of the enjoyment is seeing all the youth that was involved in what we were doing. Uh, it, made it, it, made it, it made it that much more fun to see uh, the smiles and the little faces and formulating, you know, the, a lot of these kids are going to grow up and talk about, yeah, I remember the Birmingham Stallions. They said, I talked to Dabo Sweeney when I got the job. He was one of my first calls and said, I just got to tell you, uh, I grew up watching Birmingham Stallion football, and that was football to me. Those were my idols. Those are the guys I followed, and knowing that we have an opportunity uh, to create a lot of these memories for a lot of these kids and families that have the opportunity to come, because I'm all for anything that in our society today, anything that promotes family involvement and getting outside and parents and kids doing things together, uh, I think is a win-win for everybody involved. So, uh, again, that was part of my joy in being part of this league is watching the, the fan experience uh, and seeing how everybody interacted together. And I think it's part of what makes our players feel special is because they are. They have, they're the, they're the little eyes upon you point. You know, you've got people watching every move and everything they say and everything they do. And, uh, like it or not, they're role models. And so I think it's a great opportunity for them, but, uh, just absolutely love the atmosphere and really looking forward to watching this continue to grow because now you're going to have four more fan bases that are going to have the opportunity to start to build that relationship with their hometown team now in Memphis and Michigan. Uh, in Ohio with Pittsburgh. I said, so I think a lot of that's going to go a long way. Great stuff. Thanks, Coach. We'll see you very, very soon. Appreciate your time. Go Stallions. Giddy up. Well, I look I look forward to doing this again, and giddy up. Let's get it done. Season two's upon us. <laughs> Thank you so much, Coach. <laughs> this is great. I'll give you ticket information on the other side of this break. Big Noon Sports. Like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Miz and Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. 
Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Did you know not washing your hands after using the bathroom can increase the spread of hepatitis A? Washing your hands with soap and water, as well as getting vaccinated, is the best way to protect yourself if you are at risk of getting hepatitis A. One dose of the hepatitis A vaccine provides long-lasting protection in up to 95% of those who receive it. For more information on the hepatitis A outbreak in our state, visit alabamapublichealth.gov forward slash IMM. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Public Health, the ABA, and this station. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. If you need insurance, like a good neighbor, State Farm agent Derek Daniel is there with auto, homeowners, and life insurance throughout the Tuscaloosa area, including Northport, Cottondale, Brookwood, and Clear with a low at 32. For tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow at 56, the high Wednesday at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports. Skip Holtz with us from the Birmingham Stallions USFL. If you just go to USFL slash Birmingham, you can get ticket information. As we discussed last week when Bo Scarborough was on with us, you can get season tickets for $30. And I'm not talking about each ticket. Hmm. Five bucks a ticket. And then you can get right there between the 40s for 120 bucks. For three and a half hours or so, what are the entertainment? Pretty good bargain. It's a good deal. It's the best deal you're going to find. Christian, when are you going to play for the Stallions? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I-, I think he's going to wait for, for uh, the Panthers to call him back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, is Bryce going to Carolina? Uh, well, we're going to get into that with Christian in the, in the second hour because Christian knows the Panthers as, as well as anyone. It's where he uh, played his NFL career. Um, Matt, just real quick, we had three really interesting guests on the first hour. Trent Dilfer, Brian Pasick, Skip Holtz. What was the most interesting thing you heard in the last hour? Oh, gee. On the well, spot. What, they, first of all, they were all great interviews. It's the busiest so, first hour uh, we've had in the history. Well, it all of, fell of together. I, I, you know, I had these requests in, and then they all fell on the same day. Of course, I had to get we had to get Brian on to talk about Alabama. Um, gee, 
can I hold on that? Well, how about yeah. you? You asked. Do you have an, an immediate answer? we got about 30 seconds. Uh, I really enjoyed speaking with uh, uh, Trent Dilfer because we haven't had a chance to do that yet. And just uh, his philosophy on program building, player molding, uh, the, the model that worked for him at Lipscomb where he won the last two uh, state titles. He's bringing that, and he wants to test it out and see if it works at UAB. And you know what? I think it will. Hey, we're not done yet. Jeremy Hammond from the SEC Championship Office is going to join us and talk about what's going to be happening in Birmingham Thursday through Saturday, right here on Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern-day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Miz in the Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz in the Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Fund. If you need insurance, like a good neighbor, State Farm agent Derek Daniel is there with auto, homeowners, and life insurance throughout the Tuscaloosa area, including Northport, Cottondale, Brookwood, and message asking you to verify your account and only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. You just heard that. Appreciate everybody dialing us in. And uh, remember that we have a website now, bignoonsports.com. Also a Twitter account, at Big Noon Sports. So contact us at any time and just tell us whatever you want. 
by advertising. How about that one? Um, guys, we hit the ground literally in a 100-meter dash. So we hadn't really had a chance to talk about Alabama in the SEC tournament. Christian, I know you were watching, but even in your wildest dream, do you think Alabama was – did you think Alabama was going to steamroll three straight teams by double digits? No, man, I, I, not necessarily steamroll them, no. Um, I, I was quite impressed, and, uh, hell, I'm really happy they did uh, play the way they did, especially against A&M. You know, A&M it looked really good, and last time Alabama faced A&M, you know, it was quite a different result. But, man, they really uh, they really got it together for this tournament, excuse me, this tournament, and uh, they seem to be rolling. Yeah, uh, this is a team that's hitting on all cylinders. I think the uh, time off, Matt, uh, was very helpful. I think both physically and emotionally and psychologically just uh, have some time away. And then coming back uh, and and playing, starting on Friday, uh, three days in a row, I think they're playing their best basketball of the season. And, uh, you know, this is obviously by design. This is what Coach Oates wants. And, you know, he, uh, after, after winning the uh, tournament on, uh, on Sunday, he did review sort of the, the, the three things that he believes are the key uh, to keeping Alabama on this, uh, on this track that they're on in the hope of uh, making it to, all the way to the national championship. And and he even said, he's like, I think we got a good chance to win it. And uh, he, number one uh, key is turnovers. And you guys remember at the beginning of the year, it was turnovers, turnovers, turnovers that was keeping this team from reaching its potential. And um, But then it wasn't as big an issue as the season wore on. They did a better job of taking care of the ball um, and a, a, a better job of actually, I think, with their sh- uh, shot selection. Um, but, um, you know, entering the NCAA tournament, uh, they had the SEC's worst uh, turnover uh, per game at 14.2. So they need to win. They need, they need to be aware of taking care of the ball and then the number two key that Nate Oates mentioned is pretty obvious defensive intensity I mean it was night and day between uh the Texas A&M game in College Station and then uh and then in the SEC final and really all throughout the tournament um when and and I believe Nate Oates like he he said when our defensive intensity is up and we're locked in. We're one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they are. I mean, we think of this team as an offensive. Uh, they're they're threat. number three in the nation. Defense. Yeah, yeah. We think of it, but it's really it's it's their defense. And I, I think this is true about most really good basketball teams. It's their defense that drives the offensive production, and um, and. And, and 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 their defense is really stepping up because they've they, so far, um, or sorry, their last three opponents were held under sixty five points in the SEC tournament. And then the third key, uh, according to Nate Oates, was um, um, he, he calls margin plays. Like, can we generate enough margin play plays? Can we win the second chances? And and he he then looked. He grabbed the scorecard or the uh, the sheet from the championship game, 
and Alabama won second chance points, fourteen eleven. Uh, they won free throws. They were twenty to twenty four. Uh, Aggies A and M was sixteen to twenty two. And uh, can you win in transition? And they did. They won. Uh, they outscored uh, the Aggies seventeen to eight. Right. So they won the margins of the game. So can they keep doing that? And, and and finally, and this is not something he did mention, it's it's going to be this continual story of why wasn't Brandon Miller suspended? Why is he still on the team? Or, you know, why didn't, you know, all this why, why, why? The Washington Post just did a massive piece on on Nate Oates and Brandon Miller and well, they sent at least one and, 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 and portraying and portraying Nate Oates as a as a win at all cost coach and and uh Stuart Mandel who is uh we we worked together at SI for for years and you know I, I Stuart and I have uh we're friendly we we've kind of seen things differently over 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 time but um, you know, he uh, he tweeted out that it, it's uh, it's going to be it sure is going to be awkward um, when here. Let me get to the exact tweet. Uh, <laughs> um, he said it's it's going to be so awkward when Alabama wins the national championship. Alabama's really really good. And then somebody asked him, well, "Why is it going to be awkward?" And Stewart's response was, "Because one of their players was charged with capital murder in the middle of the season, and their star player delivered the gun." Yeah, you know. But you know, I mean, it's, how about it is baiting, so, look, how look, about baiting but, the entire but, 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 Twitter but, uh, world but, with but, that but, question? But good Lord, it is so much more nuanced and complex, as Stuart just put in that tweet. I mean, it's ridiculous, Getting Stuart. clicks, baby. It is, re- clicks. it is ridiculous. Yeah, it, it got 2,000, it got over 2,000 likes. It was viewed almost a million times, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Not everything is black and white. There is... A lot of shades of gray in this story, and uh, and 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 <laughs> we've spent so much oxygen discussing it. Too much. But I'll say one more time. Yeah. I'll say I'll say one. Well, the thing is, it's, it's relevant just because it is going to be the number one story in college basketball for the next three weeks. As long as Alabama is still in the tournament, exactly. And and it, but it, it comes down to this: what the uh, it was what the assistant DA or the assistant chief of police said in Tuscaloosa. Brandon Miller is a witness. Where there is no evidence to suggest that he should be charged with a crime. If you're not charged with a crime, then why would you be suspended? I know there's like the the moral police want to come out, but we still don't even know all of the facts, as we shouldn't. We, no, that's Brandon Miller. They, look, his lawyer doesn't need to come out and tell us what Brandon Miller knew that night, how much he knew, right? Like, y- you save that. Did y'all read the ESPN article? I mean, did you read the ESPN wrote it? And, and again, I hate that they're even still even. It's everywhere, but they, they just wrote a, a very extensive article. And if you read it, I mean, they interviewed, from my understanding after reading, interviewed witnesses, parents on both ends of this tragedy, uh, um, you know, watched tape. I don't even know how they got tape, but watched surveillance tape. I mean, they, they went the whole nine yards. And if you read the article, it 
basically it's reiterating that Brandon Miller left the line that they were originally waiting in line at the the bar. He was at a restaurant. The text for him to come pick Miles and, and uh, company up was sent 30, 40 minutes before anything else transpired. Uh, basically, what I'm getting at is if you read the article by ESPN, which they, they still were trying to use clickbaits, it basically is saying that, you know, he was unaware. It basically was backing up what the lawyer was saying. And so people were just wording it as transporting the 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 handgun but again it just was in his car that doesn't mean he had knowledge of it he was going he was the the he was just giving his teammate a ride um so i, I mean I, I still just after reading that and again they went to great lengths um to write this article so after reading that i think it just further proves that uh again he he didn't do anything to be charged with the crime and and that is that uh, i just i just don't know what the point is still they're like there's no need to just talk about it continuously because there's nothing else until they come out with further um you know details from their investigation it's an ongoing process there's nothing new to add and they can ask the guys on the team they can ask coach Oates as many times as they want but all these guys can do is offer condolences i mean there's nothing else that they can say or do and so that's why i just don't you know you know i thought miller handled himself very well in nashville and uh, I thought it was pretty interesting that Alabama just left him wide open. Well, Ian right. Quinterly, after Handle. that that idiot asked a question about owning a handgun, I mean, supposedly that guy works for yeah, he was a, uh, AL.com. I, mean, I don't even know why that guy has a job. I mean, that's the most irrelevant question you can ask up there. It's immature. It's insensitive. And it's honestly none of his damn business. I can't disagree with you, Christian. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And then Quinterly just said no. And that's he's all better than me. I, I probably would have. He <laughs> he's better than me. I, I, I'm, I respect him for not reacting Here's, how he could have and should have reacted. I mean, again, I mean that just was such a, I mean, ludicrous question to ask somebody. I don't even know how the guy got away with asking that. Like up there, I mean, surprised the media people that were in charge of the event didn't kick him out. All right, I don't want to get fired for this, but what if he said, "Yeah, want to see it." <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, uh, that's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. No, that's, that's, a that's a, no, it's a funny joke. I mean, but yeah, what, what was he getting at with the question? I mean, like, again, like, well, as I mean, an athlete, Brandon I mean, Miller was have, sitting. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know if he's worded as handgun or just gun, but I know plenty of guys that enjoy doing things like hunting in their free time. I know guys that are responsible and in like going to a shooting range. I mean, whose parents were in the military and grew up around. I mean, like, what kind of question is that? Oh, gee. You know, well, you know, it's it, the it same was, type of I people believe, that ask I, that question I that believe. ask Jay Barker and Tim Tebow if they're virgins. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was Clay. <laughs> God, oh yeah, but that he didn't ask Jay Barker, it but it's just like clown. all right. We, uh, hey, but no, all, it, all it, was, it was Joe Goodman from AL dot com. Oh well, I like Joe. Who, who shame we, we on like you, Joe. whoever that is. Um, I don't, I don't know him. Never heard of him. But shame on you. We're having. Oh, he's next on the show. <laughs> Good. I, I'll tell him the same hey, damn thing. Hey, I love, I love Joe. I love Joe. I, I don't yeah. necessarily I don't or send that Clip question. this and send it to him. Okay, we'll do it. Hey, the assistant commissioner of Southeastern Conference for Championships is going to join us, and he's going to talk about Birmingham winning the NCAA Regional Lottery when we get back on Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. 
This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The Dell Technologies semi-annual sale starts now with limited quantity deals on select performance PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Save on select Vostro laptops. But he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool, breezy afternoon with a sunny sky, the high today 59. Tonight, the chance of a late season freeze, clear with a low at 32. Or tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky's sunny both days, the high tomorrow 56, the high Wednesday at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. On Big Noon Sports, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. We're joined now by SEC's Assistant Commissioner of Championships, Jeremy Hammond, to talk about what I put, actually, I posted on social media a couple of different times. When I saw the pairings yesterday afternoon, so Birmingham just won the lottery. I mean, seriously. Two number ones, including Alabama and then Auburn. Uh, Jeremy, I... I can't even imagine you taking 10 minutes out to talk to us. Your life has been pretty busy, hasn't it? Well? Oh, he was with me. Uh, let me, let me double-check for you, Matt. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. The number one seed in the South region, Alabama, is here, and they're going to play the winner of the play-in game uh, that's on Tuesday up in Dayton, Ohio, uh, an event that I've covered several times. Uh, <laughs> didn't really have fun with it. But it's, uh, they're going to play the winner of Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Southeast Missouri State in round one. And then also in round one, you get the 8-9 matchup in the south. And this is actually a good game, Matt. Uh, Maryland, West Virginia. I, I've, Maryland, when Maryland is playing well, this is a team that can beat anyone. And uh, and so that, but they have struggled on the road, and this is basically this is uh, essentially a road game for for Maryland, and then we also get the number one seed in the Midwest, Houston, and um, they're going to play uh, Northern Kentucky, a uh, team that's twenty two and twelve in the first round, and then the eight nine matchup on on in, on that side on that bracket is uh in the midwest is uh iowa versus auburn which is another really fascinating matchup between a big 10 team that really is known for its defense and on an sec team in auburn 
Uh, Jeremy is with us now. Hey, Jeremy, I'm sorry we had a little phone tangle. That, that, that happens occasionally. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, boy, I'll bet your life has been busy. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Always enjoy joining you. Um, we've obviously got uh, a lot going on today as all the news unfolded uh, last evening, um, and we've been hard at work ever since getting ready to to welcome eight teams here to Birmingham and show show what we've got. What have you done to kind of roll out uh, the red carpet for these teams, and 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 what is the, if you know, uh, the economic impact that uh, Birmingham and the areas uh, should receive from this event? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as far as what we'll do for the teams, you know, every part of their step, their journey to come to Birmingham uh, is intricately planned. Uh, so we, you know, we're on top of their travel schedules. We're working through all of their travel arrangements now of, of their busing or flying. Um, and then they get picked up at the airport and then they, you know, get transported to their hotel and the process of getting them to practice and for their games. Um, so every, every step of the way, every step of their journey is coordinated, you know, down to the very smallest detail. Um, and for each part of that journey, we want to make sure they have a great experience. So, a lot of the focus has been on making sure that our hotels that are hosting each of these teams are prepared and ready to accept them and, and make sure that's a good experience for them. Um, and then obviously when they get to the arena, uh, that that's a seamless process for them and they can just show up and be ready to play ball. Um, as far as your question on the economic impact, uh, you know, I, I won't personally assign a number to that. I know folks at the city and, and at the CBB, probably have a really good idea of what that may mean but it's significant uh when you talk about you know nine hotels being fully booked throughout the week of the tournament uh and all the folks that are going to be traveling here from you know maryland or west virginia or iowa um northern kentucky houston and then obviously our 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 folks here that are that are local both fan bases here uh, both from the sec without alabama and auburn uh, that we're excited about as well so i think i don't think we could ask for a more perfect mix uh, of folks to host who are going to be traveling here, but also taking care of uh, of those that, that live here and, and, and lead uh, Alabama sports. Jeremy, you just mentioned it, but Alabama and Auburn will both play their first-round games at Birmingham. Just talk about the significance of that. Oh, I think it's great. I mean, there was already, uh, you know, the buzz around the city when you consider the opportunity and what, what a great opportunity it is to host an NCAA tournament uh, game. And the fact that, you know, we get to do that here in Birmingham. And also, you know, we've got the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Auburn Tigers here. I think it just takes a little bit of the excitement to, to another level. Um, and I can already see it around town today in our early preparations over at the arena and getting things ready there and uh, in discussions with the hotels and, and arranging their preparations. So it, it's ramped up the excitement just a little bit more. Uh, and so, it's going to require that we're all on our game. It's going to require that, you know, the hotels and the arena and the airport uh, and the establishments in town are prepared to handle, you know, what that may mean with, with uh, the whole city of Birmingham and the surrounding areas being here uh, ready to celebrate a, a great tournament. When I was watching last night on CBS, I said, Houston, Birmingham. Uh, then I understand you can have two ones if you're going by pods. Uh, can you give a brief explanation on how Birmingham, Alabama ended up with two one seeds 
and uh, moving forward. Has that ever happened before? Yes, yeah, so they've had one season in the same city before, and I think the way you saw it play out here is just the proximity factor, um, the ability to give uh, Alabama as the overall number one seed the opportunity to be close to home. Uh, but then also when looking at the other first and second round host cities, you know, what's most convenient for Houston as another number one seed and, and Birmingham just happened to be the, the most convenient. And uh, how can people go about uh, trying to get tickets? Uh, can you get Matt and can I they, tickets? Yeah, yeah, this is it's, it's going to be uh, an electric atmosphere. And also, just a final question from me, and you may not know the answer to this. Why hasn't Birmingham hosted uh, hosted the NCAA tournament? I think it was last time was two thousand eight, and yep. uh, it just seems like it seems like just a, a perfect place to have the NCAA tournament. I remember I covered it for Sports Illustrated, and coming down here, absolutely enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, it's been surprising to me that it hasn't been back since then. Yeah, I think what you see there is just the fact that there's a lot of competition for these events across the country. Um, there's many cities who put their name in the hat to host, um, you know, each bid cycle. Uh, for example, uh, this next bid cycle uh, is up this summer, where the NCAA will, will start accepting bids for 26 through 30 championships. Um, and during that process, there's about 85 championships that the NCAA will sponsor and host and they're going to get about 3,000 submissions. Um, so to put that in perspective for you, I think that just shows you know, how much competition there is there is to host. And I think um, so you saw that sort of play out over the last few years, but the improvements to Legacy Arena and the BJCC, you know, the addition of some other full-service hotels in the area, um, you know, some of the improvements that the city's done as a whole over the last handful of years uh, were a big contributor contributing factor into pushing us you know over the top there to be able to host this year and then in 2025 we'll be hosting the women's regional here in birmingham as well so the madness isn't done when we finish this week we uh get to reset the clock and start planning for the women's tournament all right jeremy i don't want to get you in trouble but uh i don't know if you can answer this who do you have winning it all if you can't answer that? <laughs> you know, I, I can't answer that. We're in a unique we're we're in a unique position as as the SEC. Obviously, our day job is to advocate for for the schools that are part of our membership. Um, we wish them all well. Um, but this week, my focus is on making sure we take care of all eight teams that we have and ensuring that their student athletes, fans, administrators have a great experience. And I know the city of Birmingham is going to do. Uh, their best to ensure that as well, regardless of where they're from. So uh, I'm just looking forward to a great tournament. This is the, the best time of year, and I think for, for those of us who maybe weren't lucky enough to participate in it uh, as athletes, which that's probably many, many of us uh, here listening today, um, you know, it, it, it's something that we still can, uh, you know, create memories with our friends and family and enjoy the tournament, and that's something that I know I've carried with me since I was a kid, and, you know, hopefully we can provide that this week in Birmingham for others. Uh, this doesn't happen without your volunteer support, and I'm very familiar with uh, a lot of the folks that make up the Birmingham Tip-Off Club. Uh, take a minute here and, and, and give a tip of the hat to all the people that are contributing, and if you've got sponsors you want to throw out there, please do. And also, Jeremy, in closing, 
Um, how can people get more information? Just go to the SEC website? Yeah, so if you're looking for information on tickets uh, specifically and just general event information, uh, go to NCAAtickets.com. Uh, there's still maybe a couple of tickets left, but also uh, if they're not uh, – you know, the direct ticket from the NCAA, that is also their preferred resale site. So that'll that'll take you to Ticketmaster. So go to NCAAtickets.com uh, for ticket and event information. Um, and then here in the city, obviously, you, you mentioned it, we couldn't do this uh, on our own. So we've got a handful of great partners that I'd love to acknowledge here, uh, one being Night Edie, uh, who's an event agency here in town who we rely on to help us with a lot of the heavy lifts of the event operation. Um, over the last, you know, handful of weeks, obviously we, we as the SEC have hosted, uh, our women's basketball tournament, our men's basketball tournament, track and field. We're going into gymnastics. So, uh, without the folks at Night ED, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this. And we certainly appreciate them. Uh, the, the city of Birmingham, the convention and visitors bureau, helping us coordinate everything across the city, uh, from a hotel perspective, uh, from a public safety perspective. Uh, the tip off club you mentioned. You know, a huge help in, in sourcing volunteers. We cannot do this event, and the NCA would be very clear uh, from their perspective as well that none of these events can happen without a robust volunteer program, and that's something that we certainly have, have seen and realized here in Birmingham. We've got a lot of great support filling very important roles for us uh, that go a long way in that ultimate goal that I mentioned, which is just making sure that this is a, a, a uh, you know, once-in-a-lifetime top-notch experience for, for those involved. So uh, those volunteers have been uh, have been great, and we're putting a lot on their shoulders here as we start the week. Awesome stuff, Jeremy. I know you're a busy guy, and we appreciate you taking a few minutes to join us here on Big Noon Sports. See you Thursday, man. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the madness. Yep. And it is that. I think I read... And I understand Jeremy's, uh, you know, hesitation or whatever you want to call it, and not talking about the money here. But I read it was twelve to thirteen million. Uh, that's before we knew Auburn and Houston were coming. I, I just think that the, it's going to be a whole lot more than that. But you know, it's not like I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce either. Nobody <laughs> had. Uh, hey guys, let's talk NFL quarterbacks. Want to do that? Sure. Because it's it. kind of crazy. It looks like fruit basket turnover. That's coming up next on Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. It's the Tuscaloosa Community Calendar, powered by Pepsi. Theater Tuscaloosa will hold open auditions for the Hallelujah Girls, March 27th and 28th. Oh my goodness. Lisanne thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good, until she got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Goodfeet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. on Big Noon Sports with Christian, Lars, Matt, and we take phone calls too. 205-342-9904. In fact, let's go to Bryce right now. Bryce, welcome to the show. How are you? Guys, uh, first of all, I want to uh, elaborate on that question that got asked to Quinlan. 
Kristen, I'm a lot like you. I would have probably said, yeah, I got 30 of them. How many you got? <laughs> that's, that's part of what I would have said, Kristen. Fair enough. You know, you know I mean, that is, words cannot describe how stupid that is. You know, somebody asking, we're, we're playing a basketball tournament. It has nothing to do with it. It's just so far off base. I mean, they say that about oats when at any cost, or uh, at any cost, get a store, whatever it takes, whether it's true or believable or not, is the way I look at it, guys. Uh, I, I think it was a fishing. Uh, I think it was a fishing expedition by the reporter to see if uh, there's potential to write a story about the gun culture at the University of Alabama. That's my guess. Well, and and, and, and I think you hit the nail right on the head, Lauren. Because, but uh, I was fortunate to be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I mean, I saw some great Good. basketball, but. Uh, Words cannot describe how nice it, how nice it was, Christian and guys, to uh, see when I wanted Tennessee to win because I wanted to play them again. But see the, all that orange to sleeve after they got beat by the Missouri, that was priceless. I mean, that I thought that was was real fun in Kentucky. They get they got beat, and to see them just all going out of there because all you saw when I got there Friday was blue everywhere. I mean, they were like, were probably probably fifteen to one. To everybody else, the blue was there. But when they got beat by Vanderbilt, uh, that that was that was priceless, also. And uh, Alabama just went in there and took care of business, and uh, and I was very impressed. They beat two good teams. Well, they actually beat three good teams, and they dominated. You know, other than Missouri, they they and every team they and, uh, beat. In the tournament? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, Bryce. Yes, been, uh, you got I'm, anything in closing? Yeah. Uh, you were talking about uh, uh, Elliot. Uh, you know, he drives for Rick. I worked for Rick two different times. And you're talking about they yeah. he's not a, a better than the earth guy than Rick Hendrick. And you probably. Well, you probably Lars knows that first too. Oh, Lars, I think you did, man. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've talked to him many times, but I think he and Lars would go out and have oysters and beer. (laughs) I've spent a lot of time with Rick over the years. That is for sure. Yeah. uh, You know, Rick. I can tell you about the first time that I've seen him. I was working through a store at City Chevrolet. We'll be real quick on this. And he come up, you know, and shook your hand like, common guy, you know, I worked for him, you know, and I had a city Chevrolet hat and I got Rick to sign it. I still have the hat, guys. And uh, and I worked for him, his brother's Honda store in Eastley, South Carolina. Unfortunately, I knew nine out of the 12 people was on that plane, you know, when it went down in Virginia. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because I worked for some oh. of them guys and I knew Rick's brother and, I, and, his, and his nieces and stuff. And uh, when I was working for the used car department, Rick would come up there and get a truck where Rick, little Ricky could ride his motorcycle. And we'd sit around there in the mornings, and, and Papa Joe would come up there and drink coffee with him. I mean, it was priceless. I was very fortunate to, to meet people like that, you know, when I was in Charlotte. 
Hey, great stuff, Bryce. Call again soon. All right, NFL. We just barely touched on this. I found out Friday, I guess, was it right after we left? I think so. That uh, Carolina had traded for the top dog, Big Chief, number one pick. Now, let's ask Christian since he's tied in you know, with the Panthers. Do you think they made this move to get Bryce or to get Stroud or to get Richardson? I have no idea which one. I know it was a quarterback, and that's what I was telling you guys when we were talking about this. I know Fitter, that GM they have. I know how aggressive he is with trades. He's, he probably trades the most out of any GM in the National Football League. And like I said, they were in dire need of a quarterback, and I knew it was finally time for them to go out and get one. They've been able to build their defense over time, and their, their defense is pretty established to this point. You know, their, their offensive line is slowly coming together. And uh, it was finally the right opportunity. I think they really like this draft class. I mean, you got guys, the three guys you just mentioned. Well, specifically, I'd, I'd say Bryce and C.J. Stroud. And then, but you also do have guys like Anthony Richardson, who's very um, intriguing. You got Will Levies, who um, has been linked to the Panthers for quite a while now. I've heard that they like him as well. So I, I think there were just so many quarterbacks in this class that they felt confident enough to to go all out and try to find one. Now, to answer your question, Matt, I don't think they truly know who they want to take because I've also read reports that. Um, they, they would be open to trading back down uh, from that number one pick, which leads me to believe that they felt they got it for a decent value. And uh, if they want to use it on the guy that they feel like can lead them, um, lead their franchise and then their, their guys there, then they're going to take them. If they feel that they can get their guy a couple spots back, they'll trade back and, and recoup some of those picks. So I'll be honest, it's, it's tough to say, Matt, you know, especially with this um, – time of year i mean you're going to see so many smoke screens meaning and what i mean by that is you'll see reports are coming that the panthers are really high on bryce young and then you'll see reports saying how high they are and how much the new head coach likes anthony richardson and half the time it, it, it's people putting out uh you know phony reports to try to just get reactions and kind of test the waters from other teams and in offices to see you know who might be interested in what and try to put a little pressure on them so man it's it's tough to say um but I definitely feel they're going to go with the quarterback with their first pick. I feel like because they gave up so much, right, the the package to the Bears includes uh, uh, two first-round picks in 2023, 2024, two second-round picks in 2023 and 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore. All right, because you're unloading so much draft capital – I think they have a very clear idea of who they are taking number one. They made that move uh, not just uh, you know to blindly go into this the, focusing on Stroud. Not, not if there's multiple guys, and, though, Lars. And, and I, I have to tell you, that. I, if there's well, multiple guys, I, though, trust me, they, I don't think they have a clear idea. It's the same. It's the same situation in San Francisco. Remember, if you if you I listen think, to if you listen to Shanahan in his interview, he said he liked Mac Jones. They weren't even on the same page with that. And and so that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, And they gave up even more to get Trey Lance. And I, I don't think they were fully yeah. – I don't think they all were in agreement. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just saying that that's typically how it works. No, they're not going to be eye to eye. And, and if there wouldn't be – if they knew that, there wouldn't be reports that they're, they're open to, uh, to trading back. I mean, the reason those reports are out there, they want teams to know that they're open to trading back. If they're letting teams know that they're open to trading back – there's no way that they have their eyes set on one specific guy. They're keeping their options open. They, they, they have a guy they like, 
and it's probably a couple. That's why I was saying that because it, there's again CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. I mean, I feel like it, it's a, it's a toss up right now. I mean, some teams like one, others like the other. Um, then you could throw a guy like Anthony Richardson there. There's going to be some teams that do like him. Maybe not for the number one pick, but a top five pick. There's probably some teams that are willing to take that bet. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think Richardson's in the mix for, to be number one overall just because he's a he's a project. You couldn't necessarily trot him out there on day one as your starter. Uh, my gut tells me that it's, it's Bryce Young, um, and the, and the, and they even said what a good um, fit. The uh, the GM Scott Fitter said uh, that they had a really good meeting with Bryce at the combine. He said that he's just chill. Uh, nothing's too big for him. And the fact that he did measure in at you know five ten two oh four, I think that alleviated some concerns about uh, about the size. Um, so I I really think it's Bryce Young, but yeah, you know they C.J. Stroud and Bryce both still have to hold their pro days, and and uh, who knows Will Levis maybe he could be in the mix as well. Uh, you, you hear his name. Um, but I, I don't think he is ready to be a, a, a top-flight starter in the NFL either right now. He's got a big arm, but, you know, can he show a little bit more touch uh, and accuracy? But that's just my my, knee, then, my knee-jerk analysis. And then there's word that Lamar Jackson's going to the Colts and the Ravens will end up with Anthony Richardson. <clears throat> My one question. And Jimmy Garoppolo. Going, signed. going to the break is... Uh, Jimmy G with... With all that Carolina uh, gave up to get that first pick, why didn't you just go get Lamar Jackson? Well, uh, there, there's got to be a $45 million answer in there somewhere. Well, because you may not get Lamar Jackson. Because they because can they, they can well, match it. That's yeah, a very I mean, good point. I mean, and that's why I think teams have been reluctant to uh, to make an offer for Lamar Jackson because they don't want to do the dirty work for the Ravens. They don't want to negotiate a contract for the Ravens that ultimately yep. the Ravens don't have to negotiate themselves and they sign Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson once he signs the offer sheet he is then bound by that offer which then can be matched right. by the Ravens. That's a good point. That's why you're and here. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, he signs with uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So he's reuniting with Josh McDaniels, the head coach there, who was the, his uh, offensive coordinator in New England. So Jimmy G is going to be piloting the Las Vegas Raiders franchise. When we get back, uh, Joe Gaither's going to join us and explain what Tide, our affiliate in Tuscaloosa, has going on as far as bracketology is concerned. Stay with us. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. 
You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoots apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Fund. If you need insurance, like a good neighbor, State Farm agent Derek Daniel is there with auto, homeowners, and life insurance throughout the Tuscaloosa area, including Northport, Cottondale, Brookwood. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cool, breezy afternoon with a sunny sky, the high today 59. Tonight, the chance of a late season freeze, clear with a low at 32. Or tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky's sunny both days, the high tomorrow 56, the high Wednesday at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Coulter along with uh, Lars Anderson Hey to Josh We love you um, And also to uh, Joe Gaither We're going to talk to him in a minute about how to fill your bracket out I'm sure he has his final four Already in ink um, So with that being said What's on your feet? <laughs> Matt, you know what's on my feet. It's those good feet art supports that help me out tremendously. You know, playing football has left me with all types of pain, foot pain, knee pain, back pain. But thanks to my good friends over at the Good Feet store, I found a new way to eliminate and alleviate that pain with their premium art supports. Good feet art supports are precision fits your personal needs, lifestyle, profession, and footwear. I use them for all situations when I'm in the gym, working around my house, playing some golf. It's remarkable the difference that they make in such a short period of time. If you've never experienced them, I highly recommend you give them a shot. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. So stop into your local Good Feet store today or visit them online and make an appointment at goodfeet.com or head over to the store at Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa to get started today. Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. Now, Joe, you, you are going to have to break this bracket thing down for me because I'm not great at it myself. I, I, I have had you, you and several other people have sent me brackets to fill out. I've done it a couple times. I always just randomly guess because I don't keep up with basketball enough. But I want to give it a, a, a good go this year, so I'm interested in this breakdown. Well, you get to uh, take on Coach Wimp Sanderson, and everybody does. Coach Wimp Sanderson uh, made it to this five-time SEC tournament titles. Uh, so, so, yeah, everybody's chance to take on the legend that is Wimp Sanderson. 
You can find our link right there on the Tide Twitter, on the Tide Facebook. I've shared it out. My man Ryan Fowler shared it out. A bunch of our hosts have shared it out. It's the Sanderson Invitational. Very simple and free to play. Just click the link that I've sent you, Christian. You can type in, you know, CM47, whatever you want your username to be, to, nice. you know, get, get, so everybody can know it's you. And then it's just basically click, 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 click. You just got to pick winners. Um, and basically ESPN will handle all the grading for us, and they'll kind of determine who all is uh, – who is the bracket king? Uh, is it one of our listeners? Is it Wimp Sanderson? Or is it Lars Anderson, the three-point master? <laughs> Probably Lars. I feel like Lars is going to be good at this. Set him a screen. Set him a screen. Give him the rock. <laughs> Give him right. the rock. Is there a prize? Shooter's got to shoot. I think there might be a prize. I've, I've been speaking to a bunch of the hosts. I think that since the hosts are kind of playing. Uh, I'll throw in something for a prize. Go. Maybe a good I'm, feet gift card or something. Maybe, or, or, or a pair of cleats. Yeah. I'll sign some cleats or something. There we go. I think that, uh, the, the prize. Yeah. Is, All right. I don't know what it is yet, but I think that there will be a nice prize for the winner. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to put Lars in there. Lars, I'll you got a book? I'll throw a sign book, book in there. There you we go. go. See, now the stakes yeah. are getting high. There we go. I like this. Matt, there you got to throw some some NASCAR in there. Get a get a fender or something. Oh, I got a ton of that. I got, I got more. There you go. I got. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've got Talladega Victory Lane hats. I'll I'll throw one of those in there. Oh, I love oh, a good hat. Golly, do do I have? I've got like just one hundred from Talladega alone. All right, uh, if I fill out my bracket, I want to be barking goat. <laughs> Y'all ever listen to Wimp call call people? He not barking goat. That's uh, that's my best <laughs> Wimp Sanderson impersonation that we can uh, we can give you. Duh. We're all going to do brackets, right? I mean, uh, we got to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be so bad. I haven't bad. done a bracket in a long time. Oh, I'm going to be so Get bad. Get Joe to do it or help you. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, yeah. I I actually watched the Oscars last night, and I was in a little competition, and I just got stomped. <laughs> I got stomped. <laughs> Uh, do you which, like- by the way, let's let's end on a, on a really. I mean, like I said, Birmingham's the entertainment capital of the world right now. Seems but congratulations like to Daniel Scheinert and Paul Rogers, who they collaborated uh, collaborated on uh, anything, everything. What's what's the final? Of that? I don't know. Uh, I hate to say it, I haven't seen the. But movie I mean, yet. Birmingham natives just won seven Oscars last night. Really. And yeah, oh yeah, they, Daniel, they 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 cleaned up. And he went to the podium, and guess what he bragged on? Education in Alabama. Now oh, that's wow. not something you hear every day. Yeah. yeah. I wonder uh, what happened when he got in that room behind him where they ask all the questions. Are you really <laughs> from Alabama? Do y'all have shoes? Did you ever, did you ever get that question? I, I did when I was. Y'all got no. electricity. <laughs> yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once, yeah. and um, the, it was the the, the writing, uh, uh, directing duo uh, that uh, of, of uh, uh, the, that won the three Oscars, and it was a dominant night for for that movie. Um, and uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel uh, Stewart won the Academy Awards for Best Actor and Best Original Screenplay. Two of the seven totals, two of the seven awards that the uh, dramedy ended up winning. So, pretty cool stuff. Um, I think he got his Shiner, start. Shiner, Daniel Shiner is from from Birmingham, and he met Quan uh, while they were studying film together at Emerson College in Boston. 
and they began their career making music videos before moving on to features and uh here you go i mean just what a what a great story didn't he kind of get his start with a what do they call it sidewalk cinema yeah sidewalk uh sidewalk film festival here in birmingham gotta go we'll talk tomorrow at noon What's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the cigar.